Thanks for joining us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. I'm host Carrie Freeman coming to you from Atlanta in March of 2021. We're going to be talking about the connection between big banks and big ag, specifically how big banks are trying to move away from investing in the fossil fuel industry in the era of the climate crisis. Yet now they're putting more money into the corporate agribusiness industry, despite it being a major climate contributor, especially via rainforest deforestation linked to meat, dairy, and palm oil. This is based on the environmental news reporting of my guest tonight, Georgine Augustin from Inside Climate News. Let me tell you about her. Georgine Augustin is a Washington-based reporter who earned her degrees at the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism and the University of Colorado at Boulder and has covered food policy, farming, and the environment for more than a decade. She started her journalism career at The Day in Connecticut, then moved to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, where she launched The Food Beat, covering agriculture, biotech giant Monsanto, and the growing good food movement. At CQ Roll Call, she covered food, farm, and drug policy in the intersections between federal regulatory agencies and Congress. Her work has also appeared in The New York Times, The Washington Post, and National Geographic's The Plate, among others. Georgina is an environmental journalist who writes for Inside Climate News, a news outlet that publishes Pulitzer Prize-winning, nonpartisan reporting on the biggest crisis facing our planet. Their website is .com or .org, insideclimatenews.org. That's where I read Georgina's article we'll be discussing today. It was published in early March and the headline reads, Big banks make a dangerous bet on the world's growing demand for food. And the subtitle, while banks and asset managers are promising to divest from fossil fuels, they're expanding investments in high carbon foods and commodities tied to deforestation. I'll post the article on the Facebook page for In Tune to Nature. Uh, welcome, Georgina. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, and thanks for uh, all the journalism you do and, and for writing this article. I wanted to ask what clued you in to investigate this issue from this angle? Like, did you see a trend in investments moving from fossil fuels to food? I guess it's just sort of a natural question that emerges when you're a reporter um, and you're covering an industry, um, you uh, want to understand where the money's coming from. And actually this uh, series, this is the first story in a series that wow. we're doing, um, emerged out of a question that, um, that our publisher asked me at one point, he said, um, you know, where's the, where are the dollars coming <laughs> yeah. from? Follow um, the money. And yeah. I thought, yeah, right, exactly. It's the classic thing. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll check it out. And um, so that's, that's it, it took, so, you know, many months actually, because I don't have a financial background and, um, you know, really just didn't know very much about this topic at all. And uh, it is very complicated and, yes. um, and, and, and yet so important and, and weaving the strands of finance, agriculture and climate together in one story um, was, was, was a challenge. And, um, yeah, it, 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 but it was so interesting to, to and, and a dimension of, of covering agriculture and climate that I hadn't explored before. So um, yeah, it, it just emerged out of a simple question, really. Well, that's great. 
one of the lines in your article early on said, quote, these agricultural investments, largely unnoticed and unchecked, represent a potentially catastrophic blind spot, unquote. Why do you describe animal agriculture as a catastrophic blind spot when it comes to carbon-friendly investing? Yeah, I think that um, it, it's not just animal agriculture, although that's that's a part of it. Um, yeah. It's just high emitting and high carbon um, types of agriculture. Um, what I meant by blind spot there is that the global financial system, the big banks and the asset managers are kind of waking up to their role in the climate crisis. And, or at least they're saying they're waking up to their role in the climate crisis and uh, regulators and, and financial leaders are pushing on the big banks to disclose their um, investments in fossil fuels and to um, shift their investments away from fossil fuels, which of course are the biggest uh, contributor of greenhouse gases um, in the world. And, um, but they're not doing that for agriculture and, and for what's called forest risk agriculture um, and, and for um, soft commodities, which are, you know, basically what food and, and agriculture companies make their money on. And so um, th they're not really paying attention to that part of the greenhouse gas emissions picture. And yet we know that the food system contributes up to, you know, nearly 40% of greenhouse gas emissions if you factor in um, everything from the farm to transportation. So um, it's just this big hole really in our, um, in the bank's understanding of, of, of uh, their, the emissions that they're ultimately bankrolling. Yeah, and I think that represents just a larger um, issue where the media and all of us, um, even in environmental activists, need to do a better job of connecting environmental problems to the food we eat. So, because usually we're we're thinking more about the vehicles we drive and transportation and fossil fuels, um, and we need to be talking more about, um, and we've started to, I think, <laughs> uh, about the connections between agriculture, food, fishing, and um, and the environment. So it, it didn't really surprise me to see that that can easily get overlooked because I, I kind of see it all the time, despite all the reports that constantly come out, global reports uh, that you report on in Inside Climate News, uh, talking about these connections. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, it, it's natural to look at the fossil fuel industry and right. to the energy se sector because that's the biggest, biggest contributor. Um, but you have uh, this other um, sector uh, that, that is also, um, a huge contributor to greenhouse gases. And yet, and, and we could, if we made dietary shifts and shifts in the way that we farm, um, that, that we, we could really improve the picture quite a bit. And um, that's really not happening. And a large part of why that's not happening is because of the uh, financial system. And um, there, when there's money to be made, um, the banks and the asset managers um, are going to kind of keep financing the status quo and the status quo from a uh, food perspective is the, is the, is the, is the 
food system is essentially a high carbon food system. Right. Now, did you get a sense that these major banks and asset managers don't care that their investment in food and agriculture companies are causing deforestation? Or is it that uh, most of the banks and asset managers simply have not faced enough public pressure to institute policies on deforestation free investing? Or maybe they have made commitments to be climate friendly, but then they're just not living up to those commitments. Can you just speak to some of the, these issues from yeah, your article? I, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the um, some of them have made commitments. Uh, and, um, you know, I don't, and, and on, it's sort of, runs a spectrum, you know, there's like willful ignorance uh, at worst, and then um, a commitment, um, but but one that has um, some gaps in it um, at best. And um, it gets a little in the weeds, but essentially, um, you know, there, it's, it's difficult to, um, So there are emissions associated with uh, a company, you know, food or farming companies' uh, supply chains, and and um, food and farming companies, um, agribusiness is generally really bad at revealing the emissions associated with its supply chains, um, with or with their supply chains. Um, They say, well, it's really complicated. Our supply chains rely on indirect suppliers. Um, We don't really know. and uh, the and then the banks in turn say, um, well, you know, the food companies don't tell us what what emissions are are associated with their supply chains, how much the deforestation is in their supply chain, um, and therefore, you, you know, um, we're sort of operating blind. Um, so uh, it's kind of that they are being told by the big agribusinesses that, you know, the agribusiness is kind of throwing its hands up and saying, sorry, we just don't have enough information. We can't really tell you about our emissions because we don't know. And so banks are saying, okay, well, um, um, there's not much we can do about it essentially. And, and so, you know, when, again, when there's money to be made um, and there's a growing appetite essentially for high carbon foods in developing, you know, especially in the developing world and parts of the world newly flush with income like China, which has a huge, you know, growing demand for, for, for meat, um, you know, uh, they're going to, the companies are going to go where the money is and the banks are going to go, um, are going to follow or, or vice versa. So. And, Related, so part of the problem is a lack of disclosure and transparency in the supply chains of the companies that the big banks and the asset managers in, invest in. Um, and so is, is there anything that can be done to increase transparency and disclosure to ensure that deforestation and agriculture-related greenhouse gas emissions get counted in climate-related disclosures? The companies will say it's difficult, um, but the truth is it just costs money. And if they invest in um, understanding their supply chain and creating that transparency, um, it, it, it can be done. And there are all kinds of technologies now, um, op, you know, sort of drone technology, yeah. all kinds of things that, that can... Um, 
uh, get pretty granular about where exactly something, a, a particular product is from and whether it's tied to illegal deforestation or, or, or um, conversion. And, um, you know, it's just a question of making that investment. And, um, you know, a large part of the, you know, what, in the greatest areas of concern in Southeast Asia and parts of Africa and in um, Latin and South America, particularly Brazil. Right, the Amazon. Um, yeah, and the Cerrado too. Um, the, you know, the, the supply chains are murky and sometimes you don't have the, um, the government um, uh, sort of will to yeah. to clarify things you look at uh, bolsonaro for for example he has no interest at all in making sure that um uh supply chains are are clear um because if if he did he would um you know be doing something to stop deforestation in in that part of the world and in fact the opposite has been happening in the last couple of years um under his administration so part of it is political will um, and, and part of it is money. Um, just the, you know, these big meat packers, Marfrig, Minerva, JBS um, in Brazil, uh, they, they're, they say they're, they're um, investing more in, in transparency in their uh, supply chains. Um, and they've joined, um, glo- you know, commitments to doing so, like um, moratorium on, on soy cultivation. Um, but these things, they're pretty limited. That, that moratorium I just, I just mentioned only extends to the Amazon and not to other um, um, biomes within South America. So, um, you know, there's some effort, but a lot of it is lip service and it, it, it's not complete. Because hey, some of it, it sounds like is mostly voluntary disclosure, um, but it might be more useful if nations had higher standards from a legal or regulatory standpoint. Um, it may be part of what I'm hearing from this, to so that we don't just have to rely on companies choosing to tell us things they're doing without much really enforcement or third party um assessments of whether or not what they're saying is true. Cause you know, like so many things have palm oil in it, for example, right. so many of the foods we buy and, you know, it might say responsible palm oil source, but like, I, you know, I don't know if that's true and they may not know either. Well, you know? palm oil, actually, there's been more progress on palm oil. It's one of those soft commodities tied to de- you know, one of the big ones tied to deforestation and, and actually there has been some progress um, on palm oil. And I would say that's, you know, out front, um, you know, as a leader, uh, better than on soy or beef um, and, um, and pulp in some cases. And so, um, but, but that's still, you, you know, not, not uh, entirely cleaned up supply chain by any means, but it's better than the other ones. Um, and to, to your point about pressure or, 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 or mandatory disclosure yeah. from governments, um, you know, the, 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 um, the, in the EU, there's been um, a push for, mandatory, for com- 
companies to make mandatory disclosures. And, and to be honest, I'm not sure where that is right now. Okay. But, but in the US, um, we're well behind um, EU regulators. Mm-hmm. And we've only really now, our financial regulators are only really now just starting to talk about um, forcing companies to disclose uh, emissions in their supply chains or, or you know, reveal the risk from uh, fossil fuel investments, for example. But uh, there was just a hearing yesterday in the Senate Banking Committee in which they were talking about this, um, specifically about climate change and the risk to the global financial sector or global mm-hmm. financial system. And already it started, you know, this is just one of the initial conversations um, since Biden took, uh, uh, took office and, and the Senate um, flipped. Now that there's a Democrat, um, a, a Democratic chairman at, at the head of the um, banking committee, um, his, uh, Sherrod Brown of Ohio, he has had some very progressive hearings on this issue and he held one yesterday. It would not have happened otherwise. And um, they, you know, the Republican members said immediately, um, we don't believe that climate change represents a threat to the financial system, um, full stop. And so um, this is going, and, and of course the democratic members are saying, well, yes, it does represent a threat and we need to do something about it. So um, this, this particular thing is gonna break down along party lines, um, much like the broader um, issue around climate. And um, right. so it, you can say, well, it would be nice to have um, mandatory disclosure um, requirements from from the Fed or the SEC, uh, but that that there's going to be a battle over that, um, just as there has been a battle over you know um, other climate regulation. Right. If you're just joining us on Radio Free Georgia, this is In Tune to Nature, and I'm host Carrie Freeman interviewing Georgina Gustin, an environmental journalist with Inside Climate News. We're talking about her article titled, Big Banks Make a Dangerous Bet on the World's Growing Demand for Food, Exposing Financial Investment Trends in the Meat and Dairy Industry That Cause Deforestation and Exacerbate the Climate Crisis. Georgina, um, one of your parts of of this article uh, talked a little bit about uh, the meatification of diets or that there's an upward trend, unfortunately, in eating meat and dairy. And so why is there an upward trend in investment in meat and dairy, considering that people, some people know that it contributes to environmental problems. And yet your article describes a meatification of diets in nations such as the US, China, Europe, Australia, and Brazil, where animal product consumption is growing. Like, is it more of a push from the suppliers or is it a pull in terms of consumer demand for the, for meat and dairy? It's a combination of those things. So meat has become incredibly cheap to produce. And so you can, you know, companies can make money off of it very easily um, because um, what goes into the livestock is so cheap, um, mostly soy or a lot of it's soy. And, um, and uh, so it's cheap. Companies can make, make money off of it. Therefore, banks can make money off of it. Investors can make money off of it. Um, but, um, there's also growing demand, not so much from the U S although, uh, we have, our diet is 
um, disproportionately damaging, actually meat, con meat consumption has gone down or beef consumption has gone down in the US. Uh, but it, it's growing demand from, uh, from other countries where, um, you know, a middle class, a, you know, a large middle class has emerged and they have, uh, they have more money to buy protein. And so um, the suppliers and the retail outlets um, are uh, basically, it's a money-making gambit. And um, so yeah. uh, there, there isn't as much money to be made from um, low processed, uh, you know, regionally marketed vegetables or what have you. Um, so, uh, um, you know, most people don't have a cow in their backyard. Um, so they have to go, you know, if they want to eat protein, they have, they go somewhere to eat it. And it's very far away from their, the, the production of that is very far away from, from their reality. And, um, you know, and, and therefore there's money to be made in that system by, by um, people along the supply chain. Well, and to wrap up, did you get any um, ideas for what we as citizens could do if we wanted to protest this new trend in investing in deforestation-based um, agriculture and food companies? Because um, sometimes it'll say, you know, we might for our retirement have a fund and you know, it might say sustainable, but then how do we know if it really is sustainable or whether the companies in our so-called sustainable fund are linked to deforestation and animal agribusiness? I guess the answer is just to do your homework. Um, you know, there are uh, sustainability funds. The, the class of funds is called ESG, Environmental Sustainability Governance. Um, and, and they're funds that are... Um, organized in a way that, that, that um, at least in the case of the environment, um, the, the E and the ESG, um, they are, um, you know, beneficial for the environment or at least not destructive. And, um, and you, these funds generally track an index um, and you just have to look at the index and see what's actually in the fund. Um, and you can do that. Um, and it just requires a little bit of homework. And, right. and there are um, asset managers that are specifically um, aiming to uh, invest in uh, sustainability funds. And, and, and you can seek those out and, um, you know, uh, uh, just, I would say, you know, you, you can put your money there as opposed to just, um, you know, um, allowing the, the, the retirement fund or whatever investment you have uh, to do it for you. Right. We, we might have to get a, a lot more involved. Well, to wrap up, how can readers follow you, Georgina, to continue to read your reporting on food and its connection to environmental issues? Um, you can subscribe to Inside Climate News. Um, we uh, are free and... Um, you can sign up for our newsletters um, and um, just check out our website, insideclimatenews.org. Um, you can follow me on Twitter um, at Georgina Gustin, G-E-O-R-G-I-N-A-G-U-S-T-I-N. -I -I um, yeah, that's it.
that's, that's where to find me. That's great. Uh, well, that's the end of our show. And I want to thank you, Georgina Augustine, for being with us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. I appreciate the important reporting you do at Inside Climate News, highlighting how the food we eat and the way we produce it impacts our home planet and life on Earth. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, take care. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to In Tune to Nature, broadcasting every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time online at wrfg.org and on Atlanta radio station 89.3 FM. We post action items, news, and podcasts on the show's website, facebook.com backslash In Tune to Nature. Podcasts for In Tune to Nature can also be found on most streaming sites. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of WRFG, its board staff, or volunteers. I'm one of those volunteers. I'm host Carrie Freeman asking you to please support independent, non-commercial media like Radio Free Georgia. And remember to take care of yourself and others, including other species. Thank you for listening. Cheers.